This is Brian Copeland talking. Welcome to another edition of Copeland's Corner. A little bit later on, I will be joined by a distinguished panel of comics, and we'll have some fun with some of the news of the week. Um, we're going to kick off with this, though. And of course, this is the, the so far as I record this on Wednesday, this is the major news story of the week. Although there are actually there are several, but but uh, this is the the one that's everybody's talking about this morning, of course, and that's the the Georgia runoff election where Raphael Warnock was reelected senator for the state of Georgia, beating Herschel Walker yesterday. And I got to tell you, I have mixed feelings about this. And here's why I have mixed feelings. Um, why the hell was this so close? Why was this election so close? Uh, at least 1.7 million people voted for Herschel Walker. At least 1.7 million. The man was not qualified in any way, shape, or form, but still 1.7 million people still voted for him. And if you watch the returns on Tuesday night, you saw that it was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in terms of who was in the lead. So basically, you have roughly half the state of Georgia. And there are if there had this been a national referendum, I'm, I'm sure that you would have close numbers uh, if, if this were a nationwide election uh, in terms of percentages as to what you had in the state of Georgia. So what they're pretty much saying is that you can hold a gun to your wife's head and threaten to blow her brains out. You can pronounce loudly and full-throatedly that you don't want to see abortion illegal, even in the case of rape and incest, and then have at least two women, probably three women, if I, if I remember correctly, come forward with their stories of how you pre pressured them to get abortions and even paid for them. You can say these women are lying, and then when the women produce uh, one woman produced a, a receipt from the abortion clinic and a get well card from him and a, and a copy of a personal check that he wrote to her to pay for the abortion. And when you have all that evidence, you can st you still say that these women are liars. You can rail against absentee black fathers and then have several children of your own pop up who you've completely abandoned, some of whom have mothers who had actually take you to court in order to get you to pay child support. You can claim that you graduated first in your college class when, in fact, you didn't graduate. You can claim that you are a law enforcement officer when, in fact, the, the badge that you're holding up is not a legitimate badge, but more like a, a symbolic toy that was given to you. You can proudly declare yourself a coon, quote unquote, a coon which is one of the most offensive things that an African-American can be called. And it, it, it goes back to the minstrel days when you had white entertainers putting burnt cork on their faces and speaking in a dialect that was unintelligible and playing the fool, basically. And that's called coonery. And and you could publicly this 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 candidate, one candidate pr proudly declared that he was a coon. You can publicly debate whether it's better to be a werewolf or a vampire. And then loudly proclaim that you don't know what a pronoun is. 
Um, you can display on, as, as far as I see it, on a daily basis, your ignorance, your incompetence, your hypocrisy, your obvious mental illness. I mean, there's obvious mental illness. Uh, your thorough lack of understanding of the duties and responsibilities of the office that you're seeking. You can do all these things in 1.7 million people, at least, because they're still counting. You know, uh, Warnock was was declared the winner with something like 98 percent of of, uh, of the precincts reported. So they're still counting. They don't have a fine as as of, of, of the recording of this week's podcast. They do not have a final count yet. But at least at least one point seven million people will vote for you in spite of all of this. As long as you have an R after your name. So my mixed feelings are this. I am happy. like. Most people are when I say most people, I guess I should say, since we're so divided as a nation, I should say a slim majority of people in this country are happy to see Senator Warnock reelected. Because he was the obvious choice. You know, so I'm happy about that, but I think that the fact that this was as close as it was, this should not have been close at all. This should have been a blowout. But the fact that this was close is a tragedy. I look at it as a tragedy. What it is, is it's a victory for for ignorance, for 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 lies and hypocrisy, for partisanship and for tribalism. So those are my mixed feelings. I'm happy that he won, but I'm just disgusted that it was so close. And you have people who declare declare themselves proudly to be Christians and proudly to want family values who are part of that one point seven million who voted for 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 Herschel Walker in spite of all of this. So the victory is for tribalism and for ignorance and for partisanship. And I just would like to think that we as a nation are better than this. Then again, what do I know? This is the part of the podcast that we call Headliners on the Headlines. My panel of comics this week, two of my favorites, Lauren Mayer, Damon Ferguson. Good to have you both. What's new? Not uh, much. Happy to be here. Starting to play a bunch of Christmas music. All right. So before we get into this, uh, you, since you mentioned Christmas music, um, before, before we get it, get into the, the nitty gritty, I, I have to ask this because this has been kind of a debate that, that I have been having with people on uh, on on Facebook. Now, you guys have seen the movie Love Actually. Yep. Yes. All right. Is it the great, in your opinion, is it the greatest or one of the greatest Christmas movies ever made or is it totally overrated? I would say I, I have a basic problem with it, which is that almost none of the relationships have men and women of the same ages. And that really bothers me on top of just that, you know, and and I well, think the one marriage where the guy's cheating is there. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. Is he, yeah. But then, <laughs> but then he's cheating on her. And and but it's a wonderful, wonderful cast. And a lot of people in that cast, I would watch read the phone book. But that it's it's like that bad Dolly Parton Christmas movie. Really, really talented people can be involved with things. Yeah, I don't think it sends a message that I like. So, no, I don't count it as one of the great Christmas movies. I think it's very overrated. But that's coming from my 
perspective as an older woman, so I can understand why younger people might not agree with me. I haven't watched it. Uh, my wife introduced me to it when we were dating and we have watched it every Christmas since. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's, I mean, uh, my, again, my opinion of it changed. It is, it's really well acted. And as Lauren mentioned, the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the cast is incredible. Um, and you know, I'm just, I don't know. I'm kind of over it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> now I saw it once. I've only seen it once. And I, I saw it about five years ago. I'd never seen it. I didn't see it when it first came out and you know, it, it was okay. I mean, that's basically it. I mean, maybe I heard too much about it beforehand because there's people that are evangelists for that movie yeah. during the holidays. And and in fact, there there's a somebody is I want to say it's Diane Sawyer, but I could be wrong, is doing a 20th anniversary reunion on that movie. Ugh. Where, she, where she's interviewing members of the cast and it's a special that's it's either going to run on ABC or Hulu or both because they're the same ownership. They're both owned by Disney. So um, I, I believe it's going to be in Hulu, but I'm not sure if it's on ABC, but she's interviewing the cast and, and it's that big of a deal that they have to do a 20th anniversary. Special. And the movie's mm. only 19 years old, so they're even right. jumping the gun. They can't even <laughs> wait till 20 years. That's how much they love this film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I worry so, that much like, I'm sorry, did I interrupt? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I worry that much like uh, John Hughes movies, some of the relationship dynamics are not going to age well. Yeah. Oh, John Hughes movies, man. Yeah. Hey, have you seen 16 Candles lately? Not oh, yeah. Lately. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. Wow. I mean, that movie uh, ends in a rape. So. Yeah. And what I don't understand and she's happy is about like, it. And she's yeah. happy about it. She's happy about it. Much like Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Also ends yeah. in a rape. Yeah. A lot of those John Hughes movies and all those 80s movies just even made me cringe as a woman then because I'm old enough to have watched them when they came out. But, you know, now I hope they make everybody cringe. Um, but is it is it well, I mean, apart from rape, you know, uh, apart from obvious things such as rape, is it fair to look at films today, uh, look at older films today? through the lens of today or should you look it's at them through the lens of the time fair to look at them through the lens of today and you know learn from them but as judging them as a piece of art you have to look at the time that they were made right. but you also that's why some movies become classics and it's funny when you're talking about christmas movies and you know i'm jewish but i still like a good christmas movie and my favorite is the original miracle on 34th street oh that's because, great because it stands up to, you couldn't make it today because kids wouldn't be that naive. Um, but I love the message of it. And, yeah. you know, that it's all about faith and believing in people and and people can change. And the heroine, you know, the mother is a flawed character who changes. And, you know, you don't have to make uh, accept uh, make um, accommodations for that movie's era. It's still a charming story now. And so that, you know, yes, you're right. You can look at movies from the 70s or 80s or 30s or whatever and go like, you know, that's crazy. Well, I'll give you a perfect but- example. I'll give you a perfect example. And that is a, a film that they used to show on television a lot during the holidays was the Fred Astaire, Bing Crosby movie Holiday Inn. Uh-huh. And, yes. And, and, that, and that's the film where uh, where the song White Christmas was first introduced was in that movie. And and what the premise of it is, is that one of them or both of them, either it's either Stare Crosby or both of them. It's been a long time since I've seen it uh, own an inn that's only open during the holidays. So, you know, so you have the, you know, the Memorial Day, you know, uh, 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 
and there's a show, of course, during, you know, each one of the holidays. So there's a show for the people at the end. So you have the Memorial Day one, the Fourth of July one. Well, there's one for Lincoln's birthday, which is why this is why they don't show this anymore. Yes. No. One for Lincoln's birthday where you have Abraham where you have uh, you have Bing Crosby in blackface. Oh. Singing a song about how good old Abe set the darky free. Yep. Oh, and what makes it even worse, Brian, because I have seen because I'm a huge Fred Astaire fan and I have seen the movie recently. The reason he puts on blackface is that he and Fred are fighting over the same woman. And he doesn't want Fred to recognize her because Fred actually isn't a partner in the end. He just comes and does numbers. But he's trying to they're trying to each nab the one woman and he realizes Fred is, I, she was an obscure actress and i don't remember her name she didn't do very much else but she had a lovely voice so fred so um, bing is afraid that fred will recognize her so that's what so it makes it even worse they're they're manipulating and and lying to this poor woman so instead of telling her that fred is coming to recruit her he makes them put on blackface that makes it even worse. So the blackface isn't just offensive. It's also taking advantage of this poor woman. And they make it kind of a cute thing that both these guys are, are, are deceiving her to try to win her. And, and, and they'll sink low enough to put on. Blackface. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, all, right, here's, all right. Here's another one. Again, before we get into the nitty gritty, I hadn't thought about that. We were going to start talking about Christmas movies, but we got to because it's, it's the that time season. of year. It's that time of year. It's that time of year. Okay, so I've got a list of uh, there are four or five Christmas movies I watch every Christmas Eve. I sit up on Christmas Eve um, and I wrap presents and I have a handful of films that I watch every year. And one of them is White Christmas. Now, is that one that you think is totally overrated? Having never seen it. Oh, my God. No, I. Oh, I'm sorry, Lauren, I interrupted. Go ahead. You should see it, Damon. I don't think it's overrated because of the quality of the singing and the songwriting. Um, I think, you know, it's all early Berlin tunes. Yeah. And yes, it's dated and there is some. But I, and also it's got Mary Wicks and any Christmas movie, any movie with Mary Wicks is wonderful. Is it a I musical? Yes, it's a musical. It and what they did is they took um, that because the song White Christmas from Holiday Inn was so successful, they basically built on that. And it's got Danny Kaye doing a number called Choreography that is the funniest spoof of modern day. So if it's a musical, I, that probably explains why I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> not a musical, not, not, not a, a musical song, fan, not a show no. tune kind of guy. No, no. I used to have a joke in my act. You remember that Alanis Morissette song? Uh, uh, back in the '90s, my joke was, uh, "Well, Alanis, uh, if it's a musical, that's probably how she got me to the theater in the first place." So. <laughs> oh. Oh, I think you would. This is I don't know. Do you like the movie, Brian? I I think it's a- I, I do like the I do like the movie. I mean, you have to really suspend your disbelief. Yes. You know, in, in terms of, well, every musical, you got to suspend your disbelief. Yes. You know, and you know exactly how it's going to end from the beginning. It's one of those films that you know exactly how it's going to end. But I watch yeah. it every year. My favorite part, and you will love this, Damon, is that the very end when all of the reunited soldiers are singing to the general, they're all on key. Of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> always, well, you know, I will probably wind up seeing it because my daughters and wife are both huge fans of musicals and my daughter, uh, both of them, but especially my eldest really wants to do that with her life, sing and dance. So there's um, well, Vera Ellen is in it. She's a wonderful dancer. Rosemary Clooney is in it and she's just wonderful. Yeah. Rosemary Clooney. Here's what's interesting is Rosemary Clooney could sing, but couldn't dance. I've, I've right. got the, the version where she uh, where she does the uh, narration. 
Yeah. Which, which she does, uh, the behind the scenes. Oh, one of the she oh, I love her. It's one of the extras. She does. She does the narration. And she talks about how Vera Ellen was a a dancer who couldn't sing. And she was a singer who couldn't dance. So right. Vera Ellen is is somebody else. It's dubbed. Yeah. She's lip syncing. She's, yeah. she's complete. She's they did that the with a lot time. of them. They did that with a lot of them. Yeah. And you see Rosemary Clooney's not doing any fancy steps, you know, and they, you know, and they've got the whole threes company misunderstanding yeah. thing that's going on. And, you know, you have to suspend your disbelief, but it's a decent one. All right. Last one. Then we'll, then we'll get into it. I right, uh, even though even though Bruce Willis says it's not. Do you think that Die Hard's a Christmas movie? I watch <laughs> Die Hard every Christmas Eve. I watch Die Hard every Christmas Eve. I watch it. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's a Christmas time movie. I don't know if it qualifies as a Christmas movie because it's not about Christmas. It just happens during Christmas. And I think that's the point Bruce Willis that would made. Be, I'm sorry, by that logic, Poseidon Adventure is a Christmas movie. Exactly. Oh, I thought about that. Because <laughs> remember, uh, they climb the Christmas tree. That's how they get out of the ballroom. You know, the, but, the one. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, but the thing with, with Die Hard is, is that Christmas is still throughout the entire film. It's there. It's present. It's, it's there throughout. And, and, and as opposed to Poseidon Adventure, where it's in a couple of scenes and, and, and Die Hard, that's something to do with Christmas. Even, you know, when when he when Bruce Willis puts a guy's body, you know, uh, in an elevator, he writes on his shirt. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, he does. You know, I mean, he does. So I always say it's not Christmas until you see Hans Gruber fall off a Nakatomi Tower. That's <laughs> That's, what I say. that's when it's officially Christmas. It's the, not Christmas until that happens. The Christmas movie that uh, or it's more of a uh, show that really bugs me is the original Rudolph. That's creepy. Yeah. yeah. Santa's such one. a jerk in that. man. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> he's like making fun of Rudolph until, uh, you know, and he can't play reindeer games and he's, he has to get his nose under control and making fun of him for his differences and they make fun of uh uh what's his name the elf that wants to be a dentist yeah and isn't that the one with burl ives yeah burl ives plays a snowman yeah that, i had nightmares that's about right. that yeah that is well that was those rankin bass remember those oh, yeah. they, 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 bass. they were stopped rankin bass and they, they were stop, stop motion, motion. Yeah. and they did they did rudolph and the, the one that i liked was the, was the uh santa claus is coming to town yeah well, that's Mickey, the one with heat miser mickey right? rooney that's yeah. right no, no, that's not. That's the year without a Santa Claus. Oh, okay. Which, is, which, which, which came after Santa Claus is coming to town. It's the same. It's the same team, the same creative team that did it. And that's okay. the one with Heat Miser and and Mother Nature and, and Shirley Booth plays Mrs. Uh, oh, that's right. Mrs. Claus. No, Santa Claus is coming to town is Mickey Rooney. It's Keenan Wynn. Is is um, Father Winter? I think. Wow. Um, and Fred Astaire. I can't that's right. That's right. right. He was a narrator, yeah. wasn't he? So yeah, see it Fred all ties Astaire's together. Fred Astaire is the, is the is the narrator. He's the the, the postman, and that's the one that, that I that I liked. But um, and, and to continue down this rabbit hole that I had no intention of going down, um, <laughs> you know what I've watched recently because I couldn't sleep one night is Disney uh, the Disney Plus Channel. They have got a a mini series that they're running right now. Uh, new episodes drop Wednesdays uh, of of a continuation of Tim, uh, Tim Allen's, the Santa Claus. And it's called the Santa Clauses. And the premise of it is, is that, is that uh, Tim Allen has been Santa Claus for 28 years now. And he's, and he's getting ready to, he needs to retire. So he's passing it on to somebody else. And he and his wife and his the teenage kids who've been raised at the North pole, go back 
to uh, regular lives in the regular real world away from the North Pole. So it's it's cute. It's for kids. And I hadn't seen the Santa Claus since it came out. And I took my kids a little and I took them to see it. Yeah, and I so that. I watched it because they've got it on, on Disney, the Disney Channel. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that or not. Yeah, but it holds up. It holds yeah. up. I mean, for what it is, for what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So so so. But I will I will. If you like the movie, you'll like this. You'll like the miniseries if you like the movie. Can I just put in a plug for, and it's, I mean, I'm, I'm Jewish. There are no good Jewish Hanukkah movies, but my other favorites are the Charlie Brown Christmas. Cause I grew up with that. Yeah, yep. And then the, the very original, and I forgot, is it Alistair Sims, the, um, uh, screw God, what's the original? It's not Scrooge. What's the, Oh, uh, uh, Christmas Carol, Christmas, Christmas, Carol. Christmas, Carol. Christmas Carol, but the old one, not the remakes and not the ones where they like do it with Christine Baranski playing an evil department store owner or whatever. The old, old, old one, which is oh, wonderful. There have been a million of those. Uh, right. There have been so many renditions of that that have been done. Yeah. And my and my favorite rendition of it, and I'll put in a plug since you threw out a plug is go um, go to YouTube and pull up the audio. Uh, it's there as the, as the audio of uh, of a Christmas Carol with Lionel Barrymore and Orson Welles for the Ooh. Campbell's Playhouse in 1938, and it's for like 14 or 15 years. Um, Lionel Barrymore from you know if you don't know him from anything else you know him as Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, he played which Scrooge, is another good Christmas movie, which is another great Christmas movie, of course, which is the quite essential Christmas movie. Uh, he 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 played Scrooge every single year for the Campbell's Playhouse for something like fourteen or fifteen years, and it became like a national tradition. You know, where families would sit on the floor and listen, you know, uh, sit next to the radio and listen to it. But it's really good. Orson Welles is the narrator of it. And uh, it's it's just really good. And it's really well done. And you can hear it on YouTube for free. You know, just, wow. just, Google, just Google it. And uh, but I, I listen to that on Christmas Eve while I'm driving around, picking up last minute stuff. I hear, I'll hear that every year. Speaking so, of It's a Wonderful Life, have you seen the Muppet version? <laughs> no, uh, it's hard to find. It was an NBC special called uh, the Muppets Christmas special. And it was in 2001. And it's it's a trip, uh, you know, just a suicidal Kermit. Is oh, my gosh. A thing to behold. And I've only been able to find clips of it. I haven't seen it since it was a on. suicidal Kermit. Really? Yeah. Wow. He's, so he's that, standing on the edge of a bridge, just like uh, in It's a Wonderful Life, you know, thinking about the world, what it would be like without him. And, and <laughs> so in that world without them, does Miss Piggy suffer the horrible fate of becoming a librarian? No, she winds <laughs> up a stripper. <laughs> See, Mary would have had a lot more fun as a stripper. But I, you know, I, I, I didn't we talk about that? I'm having deja vu, Brian, well, that somebody might- brought up. We might have Joel Johnny Steele. Johnny Johnny uh, Steele has been on has been on the podcast a number of times. has has a great bit in his act about about it's a wonderful life about, about Mary being be a librarian. Yeah, about what's that? Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? You know the worst thing. She's just about to close up the library. The worst thing. She's an old maid. She never married. So you know. But the thing that he mentions that's really funny and true is that Pottersville looks a lot more fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't if you were hanging on Bedford Falls or hanging out in Pottersville, which where do you want to be doing a gig? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't I'd like my hotel to be in Bedford Falls. I'll sleep there, but I want the gig to be in Pottersville. That's a great line. So. Uh, all right. So let's let's dig into this, of course. And that is the, the, you, I'm assuming you guys watch the returns come in on Tuesday night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. <laughs> Everybody's got their, you know, Politico and, and MSNBC and, and any of the, the political uh, online news sources have their five takeaways 
from from what this election meant. And one of the takeaways that I think was Politico had is that this election showed that scandals do matter. And I'm thinking, you know, as close as this was, which disgusts me, by the way, yeah, before you that's came off, awful. That's awful, but it was close. I mean, why the hell was it even at this one point seven, at least one point seven million people voted for Herschel Walker? And and why in the hell was it? Was, is it was it this close that that disgusts me? But, you know, I don't see that as a takeaway at all. I know I, I see it. It's just the opposite. I see it as scandals don't matter. People don't care. No, they don't know. They don't. They especially, and I think a lot of them uh, in this election or in that election were single issue voters. Uh, they were voting on their one issue, whether it be guns or uh, abortion. That, those were their issues. I disagree. I don't even think it. I don't even think it was issues. I think it was single party voters. Basically, diehard Republicans voted for him, or they're Trumpers. Um, yeah, I. It was tribalism, I, is what it tribalism. was. Tribalism, and and they. It's not only. Uh, that scandals don't matter. We're, we don't even have to um, interpret it that way. People said it. I, who's the gal with NRA? Is it Dana Loesch or Lausch? I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Yeah. She out and out said she didn't care if he paid for abortions on endangered bald eagles. If he's the Republican nominee, that's who she's going to vote for. Wow. Right. There's some, something, something. I'm, I'm mangling the quote, but it was when that first story came out about the, the abortion he paid for. That's what her response was. She doesn't care. He's the Republican nominee. That's who she's voting. For. One of the things that I didn't think get, got enough press at all was he had a book about his struggles with multiple personality disorder. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. He did. And, uh, you know, you know he didn't write it. Clearly, we know now that he didn't. No, he, it. there was no way it was ghostwritten, but. Oh, obviously. <laughs> now we know, we know that now. When the man said he doesn't know what a pronoun is, and he's a published yeah. author, and he doesn't know what a pronoun is, nah. He, somebody else wrote the book and he slapped his name on it. Yeah. But you're well, right. on the fact that I mean, the one thing they obviously recognized he was problematic because the whole last couple of weeks, he barely did any events. And whenever he did interviews, he had babysitters with him. That's right. He, mostly Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham. And Lindsey Graham. Well, that's what cracked me up. He before election night, the night before election night on Monday night, he, he, he went on Hannity and had Lindsey Graham there with him to keep him from saying something stupid. So let me get this straight. You are a Republican. And you are running for office and you're on Sean Hannity's show and you still might not be able to handle it by yourself. Right. I mean, what does that tell you? You know, but when you look at just how how different it is as far as scandals concerned, I was, you know, I, I we I, were doing the tree last night and uh, and we had the returns on in the background as we were decorating the tree. And I was explaining to my my millennial daughter uh, just how different things used to be. Do you guys remember Douglas Ginsburg? Douglas that Ginsburg means... was nominated by Ronald Reagan to be on the U.S. Supreme Court. Yes. Do. Yes. yes. And and, and uh, he was really I believe he was a Harvard law professor, if I'm not. And I could be wrong. My memory could be wrong. It's been years. But he, he was really qualified, really, really qualified. And he would have sailed through his confirmation hearings until it came out that in college he smoked a joint. Yep. Yeah. And right. because in college he smoked a joint. He was dis- basically disqualified and in the nomination was he, he stepped down and took himself out of con- consideration because it was such a firestorm. And to go from that to a guy holding a, holding a gun to his wife's head saying he's going to blow her brains out. Yeah. And that not dissuading people. You know, well, I was reading an article in the Daily Beast and it was a Daily Beast that that bro- that really broke a lot of the Ursula Walker stuff uh, over the course of the election. And um, they're the ones who 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 found these the women uh, who 
uh, had their abortions paid for by him and so forth. There are at least five that have come that came forward and talked to the Daily Beast and gave a lot of a lot of the scandal stuff that we know about now. And the Daily Beast reports today that these women who had romantic relationships with Herschel Walker are rejoicing. They, oh, yeah. They, they feel that oh. like, they feel like his loss vindicates their decision to come forward about secret children, abortions and abusive behavior. One woman who had an affair with Walker from 1996 to 1998 said, quote, as a victim of this disgusting liar, I finally feel relieved, vindicated and not alone. Unquote. And his his son said basically the same thing. Um, you know, the, the one son that he acknowledged and somewhat had a relationship with as his name, ironically, is Christian. Um, he put out a tweet today, I think, or yesterday, last night, saying, um, if you want to get elected to Senate, don't do and then listed all the things he'd done. Don't threaten, you know, your your romantic partners. Don't hold guns to women's heads, all that. Yeah. Well, one point seven million people. That didn't matter. And, and speaking of, of 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 what matters and what doesn't matter, uh, one of the, the last night, as I said, I did I did the the, the tree with my uh, with my daughter and with my my son, my youngest son, who is a musician and he does a lot of a combination of rap and rock, and you know so he knows music backwards and forwards, and we were talking about Kanye West <laughs> because he's been following Kanye West's music. You know, he doesn't really care much about the the artist himself. He never has. But in terms of of his construction of lyrics, his construction of music, the things that he does with chord changes and this kind of stuff, um, he, my son is just really fascinated by. And we were talking about his appearance on uh, on Alex Jones's show. Where, <laughs> yes, I know. when you're too when you're too obnoxiously anti-Semitic for even Alex Jones. When, when Alex Jones is saying "dial it down," yes. <laughs> when Alex Jones is the voice of reason in the room. And we thought it was bad enough that we agreed with Liz Cheney. <laughs> this is like well, Liz Cheney on steroids. Uh, well, well, he here's the thing, and that is that um, my son says that now, now I, my position is that based on what it is he said and done over the course of the last month, and with, with Alex Jones thing being like the final you know cherry on top when he's going when he is is defending Hitler, and no, Hitler did not invent the microphone, no matter what it is Kanye <laughs> says, Hitler did not invent the microphone. But when he's talking about how much he likes Hitler, um, that's it. You're yeah. done. Everybody, you know, they've severed their business ties. His his agency's dropped and they're done. But my son says that when he starts to make money again, none of this is going to matter. And I say that he's wrong. I say that there's not going to be a chance when he'll ever be in a position to make millions or billions of dollars again because nobody's going to work. I mean, if anybody hired him, you know, I I I I see you know the anti defamation leagues and 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 uh, uh, equal civil rights groups and Jewish groups uh, picketing and boycotting anybody who works with him forever. Am I wrong or right? I got a two word rebuttal to your position. Mel Gibson. Okay, and I was going to go there. And and the thing with Mel Gibson is uh, Mel Gibson was was in was in movie jail for a long time for what it is that he that he did. And he's still not fully back, but he is doing projects. 
Yeah, and I mean, he won the Academy Award. And like you said, one point seven million. If one point, excuse me, that's correct. Sorry, if one point seven million people in Georgia thought that Herschel Walker belonged in the Senate, I wouldn't say never to anything. The only advantage is the one thing, you know, all these the horrible Holocaust denial is bad enough, but you know he'll say Jews control the media, but in his industry, even more so than the movie industry. It's not a good time to to be that anti-Semitic because there are a lot of Jews in powerful positions in music. So you admit it. I admit it. We've taken over. We have the documents now. Yes. Yeah. But then on the other hand, the movie industry is dominated by a lot of Jewish producers, too. By the way, I love pastrami. If anybody in the entertainment industry is listening, I like pastrami, matzah. It's all good. You can be an honorary Jew. Notice how, how quiet I'm being during this discussion. <laughs> Notice how I'm not saying I'm not saying a word. This is this is this is a minefield. And I'm not stepping on. Oh, that. it's so, it's an awful I, one. Yeah. Know, after Dave Chappelle, I'm not saying a word. <laughs> as far as redemption uh, for Kanye, do you think his race plays into it? Do you think it'll be harder for him to come back as a black man than it would be for somebody like Mel Gibson? Well, again, my, what my son's argument was is that the only color here that matters is green. It doesn't matter what he yeah. says, what he does, but when he gets in a position again where he's able to make people money, that none of this will matter, and it all goes out the window. And again, Mel Gibson is, I, I guess, is back, but is not completely back. Yeah. I still will not give Mel Gibson my money. I have yeah. not seen a Mel Gibson movie or project, and I won't. The yeah. only one that I saw Saw what I saw Heartbreak Ridge, which is the film that was his comeback movie that with Andrew Garfield. Uh, I saw it on a cruise ship. Because oh, I thought you saw it on a plane. A, no, I saw it, basically the same thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was the film that was playing. So, okay, I sat and I watched it, and it was a great movie. And that's the one that he got nominated for an Oscar for. And, uh, and he didn't win, of course, but the yeah. fact that he got nominated went, was like, wow, okay, maybe he is back. And there is a difference um, in a movie, unless he's directing and producing it, like the last whatever is his you know the movies that he did if he's in somebody else's temptation temptation, i couldn't even say it i couldn't get the words out um but you know in that movie that you saw he wasn't the only creative force driving it as opposed to kanye generally it's him writing and producing his own stuff but to your son's point when he you know when conway kanye Kanye gets his, uh, you know, gets his meds straightened out or whatever is going on with him and then drops that fire album. He might be right. Your son might be right. But don't you think there is something? I mean, the the stuff that he's saying isn't just awful. It makes no sense, which makes me wonder if there's something going on with mental health, which might not make him able to produce something. So then maybe he can't produce something that would make money. No, maybe in a couple of years, he gets that straightened out, gets some treatment, then drops the fire album. And then, and, then, and, then, and then comes and does a, a does does a redemption tour where he's where he's uh, uh, talking about how he's got. You know, I can't believe I said that stuff before I got on medication. Yeah. And uh, I would I'd, I would be willing to listen to that. I mean, I, I you know, I think if he actually were to acknowledge I think the, the truth of the Holocaust, for example, that might be nice. Yeah. He gets on so, st- stage, hugs Pete Davidson. <laughs> So you're so so you're saying as a Jewish woman, if if in fact he he did a, an apology tour down the road, I don't know how long. You, you tell me what the statute of limitations is, and and says that he was he was mentally ill at the time, and now he's got his mental health straightened out, and he's on meds, and he can't believe he said this stuff. You're saying you'd listen, and you 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 would would consume his product, be willing to buy his sneakers again. 
I wouldn't know because I never bought his sneakers, but I would be just like, I feel like I can't be less open-minded than the Holocaust Museum, which when he said all that stuff, they invited him in for a personal tour and some education. Yeah. And they, they did make that offer. And I think if you, if, but on the other hand, he didn't, he turned that down and said for, for him, the Holocaust Museum was Planned Parenthood clinics. So. Wow. Yeah. Oof. That was. Right. Wow. Wow. I mean, yeah, I know. It's like, where do you so, go? Yeah, well, I exactly. Know. I mean, I mean, that's like when do you remember when um, Justin Bieber, <laughs> Justin Bieber's fans are called believers mm-hmm. and he went to Aunt Anne Frank house. Oh, says, says, oh, I forgot. Said, that. He said that, he, that he'd like to think that Anne Frank would have been a believer. <laughs> oh. So let me get this right. I, this is this is your takeaway from going to the Anne Frank house where she and her family hid from the Nazis uh, is that you like to think that she would would have been one of your fans. Yeah, oh, this is a tad narcissistic. I got to give it to, to Bieber, though. He handled fame and money better than I probably would have at his age. Oh, God, you know, you I didn't. I would have. Yeah. Who's the guy? It was a congressman who went and saw Hitler's house and tweeted out that it was a bucket list moment. I'm blanking on that. He wasn't wow. a pop star. I never was heard it Madison Cawthorn or. Or Matt, right. maybe Matt Gates, you know, one of those. Both of them sound army. plausible. Yeah. And well, so Hitler's house survived. I'm surprised there was some or it's a Hitler museum or something. Yeah. Because, like there's very little in Germany that it's not to but, honor him. It's not like they don't yeah. have Hitler High School and Goebbels Middle School. But is it is it like the, the Eagle's Nest one or is it? I don't remember. I think that's what Something they call like the bunker. Um, yeah, it might have been that. Well, they, they, we don't know the location of the bunker because they won't allow that to be known because they don't want they don't want Nazis and, you know, from around the world to use it as a shrine as a shrine to, to, to Hitler. Yeah. So from what I've read, it's it's a parking lot <clears throat> in Germany somewhere. That's what the, what the bunker <clears throat> is today is a parking lot. And it's a parking lot that they don't tell people what's there. Because they don't want it to become a place where people go to pay pilgrimage to Adolf Hitler. No, no. Yeah. When you said parking lot, all that flashed to my mind was the Four Seasons landscaping parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's like an adult bookstore in that parking lot. Oh, I hope so. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Oh, OK. This is a story I read. I read this morning. That's like, wow. Um, on Tuesday night. So, again, we record this Wednesday. We drop it on Thursday. So this is last night. Police were called to Ted Cruz's house in Houston. Oh, yes. Did you hear about this? Yes. I had I, I heard about this um, just before 8 p.m. Tuesday night to deal with a report of a 14-year-old with self-inflicted stab wounds. And yeah. so they went, they, initially, they didn't know who they didn't identify who the 14-year-old was. Um, but they they found that this 14 year old had stab wounds that were self-inflicted on their arms. Mm-hmm. And uh, so an ambulance ended up taking it was a girl ended up taking the girl to the hospital. And then Ted Cruz's office uh, issued a statement saying that his daughter was OK. So he acknowledges it was his daughter that stabbed herself yeah. and mm-hmm. asked for privacy as this is a family matter. Now, part of me really wants to take the high road. And, and not say anything about this because it's Ted Cruz. It's like it's Ted Cruz's kid. But the first, right. as a comic, the first thing that came through my mind was if I was Ted Cruz's kid, I'd stab myself too. Yeah. That's the first thing that came through my mind. We all have that 
that that's, that's a, it's a horrible, terrible thing because I'm thinking about, you know, but that's not a, a, that's a cheap shot. It is. It is a cheap shot. That's a kid. This is a kid in real pain. This, this is not about him. This is about a 14 year old girl who's at an extreme version of cutting. Yeah. Right. She's I mean, in real pain. That, that, that kid's hurting. Yeah. Right. But on the other hand, I mean, I, yes, it is a human reaction, but also they have a lot of the Ted Cruz side of things have been really horrible when there have been things. I mean, they're the people who made fun of Chelsea Clinton's looks. That's you know right. I mean? That's they right. did not. And what I've been seeing on social media is we all send him our thoughts and prayers, you know, hope their family's okay. But these are kids he used as props. And there's that video out of him trying to make his kids hug him on some campaign stop. And they're like shrinking away from him. And he threw the, you know, literally threw his kids under the bus, blaming that Cancun trip on them instead of acknowledging he was trying to get out of town during the power outage. Well, you know, but I still don't think it's right to pick on the kid. No, no, not no pick it's on the not. Kid. It's not. And I and and it, when I thought that, I thought, nah, that it is a cheap shot because it is. Uh, it's this is a teenage girl who's in pain, and yeah. and and you think about that she does because of him. Have a, I mean, th- think about this for a minute. Think about Donald Trump calling your mother, saying your mother is ugly. Yep. Saying that your mother is ugly, and then your father. Kissing Donald Trump's ass out there. Yep. yep. And she's 14. That's on the thing TV, I saw. he kisses his ass. Let's not. Oh, yes. <laughs> on, on, on international television. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. do you how do you deal with that? I mean, imagine what they must deal with going to school. Yeah. You know, being Ted Cruz's kid having to go to school. And you there's know? that video out that people keep playing any time of, you know, why am I? Why must I be persecuted when he was in some play? I think it was. um Scarlet Letter in college. I mean, he's just he's so meme memeable. There's so much footage, you know, of him making machine gun bacon. He's so easy to make fun of anyway. Um, I, I oh, feel there's pretty, so much there. Well, know. it's like um, the Conway kid, Kellyanne and George Conway's kid that tried. You know, there's that she had those. Um, I think it was TikTok videos of her yelling at her mother, and you know, those poor kids. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and and you would think that maybe some of these parents who are doing so in in politics and in the public eye who are doing the things. I mean, when you've got a teenage kid, you're embarrassed. Anything you do is an embarrassment right. to him anyway. And sure. you'll find this out, Damon, when your girls oh, get older. I'm, I'm with it. It's yeah. already happening. Everything that you do will embarrass him anyway. Now, imagine if you your existence embarrasses them. It does. Yeah. If you yeah. show up to something, if you pick him up from school, they want you to park down the street. Yeah. You know, <laughs> let him my- walk down. And pick my daughter up from dance the other night wearing pajama bottoms and uh, slides with socks. <laughs> my my boys both had a code with me when they were in middle school. If we were any place and a friend of theirs was anywhere near or anybody they knew, they would sneeze. And immediately I had to walk to the other side of the street and pretend I didn't know them. <laughs> but it worked. Oh, it right. did. And now imagine your mom's Kellyanne Conway. Oh, oh. No. You know, or imagine your dad is Ted Cruz or imagine yep. your dad is Matt Gates. Your adopted dad, yeah. <laughs> you know, or or imagine your dad is Anthony Weiner, or yeah. or I mean, you know, do these people think for a minute about the impact of what they're doing on on television, on national television? Or he's, imagine he's your dad is Donald Trump, and he's talked about if he if you weren't his daughter, he would sleep with you. Yeah, I mean, I think Ivanka is disgusting and gross, but I got to have some compassion for somebody whose dad. Yeah. I mean those those lap dance photos when she was like 12, 13 years old and i mean if they're how does that not screw you up for life it did (laughs) yeah obviously but that said i i I do want to end the segment just by 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 saying sincerely that that and and i'm not saying this to be hit 
to as as a dig, but my thoughts and prayers really are with uh, with Ted Cruz's daughter and yeah, with and with the mom as a as a mom to have your I mean when your kid's in pain, it's mm-hmm. double because you feel the kid's pain and then you hurt as a mom. I feel, and she's also had to survive all that being insulted by her husband's BFF. I mean, yeah. I, I feel for her. Let's talk and, about uh, Christie's niece as, as a little palate cleanser here. Oh, yes. <laughs> talk about what? Chris Christie's, Christie's niece. niece got thrown off Spirit Airlines. Oh, I don't know this story. Oh, oh, she's, oh, I, I, yeah. What is this story? I missed the story. Chris Christie's niece got thrown off Spirit, Spirit Airlines for being obnoxious. For insulting um, a, a Hispanic family by accusing them of smuggling drugs. Yeah, she what? tried to. She tried to. Yeah, she tried to accuse a Hispanic family of smuggling drugs when you know they were just sitting in their seats, you know, minding their own business. And then when the flight attendants told her to knock it off, she refused. And then the plane hadn't even taken off yet. It taxied back, and uh, they told her to get off the plane, and she wouldn't. And she's like, "Do you know who my uncle is?" It's Chris, Chris, Governor Chris Christie. And she, she, wow. they, and she, she fought the police. She, uh, she, she, she bit drunk? two. Of, I don't know if she was drunk. The story didn't report that, but she, uh, allegedly bit two of the police officers. They Several, handed, yeah. They had to handcuff her to a wheelchair to get her out of the plane. Several of them ended up needing to be hospitalized, at least treated. And I'm going, oh and she's God. a white woman and she didn't get shot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, yeah. And she's not only screaming, Chris Christie is my uncle, but I have powerful friends and I know yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah, she screamed all of those things. How old is she? 26 or something like that. Oh, okay. yeah. so this is not like a 17 year old. No, this is an adult. This is an adult. We can make fun of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And her name isn't Karen. No. Wow. Well, yeah. she's going to, well, she's going to jail. And the she, no, she's pass. out on $10,000 bail. Ten thousand. That's all. Ten thousand. That's all. Assaulting a police officer. Six assaulting six police officers. And and I'm sure that the it's a you know it's it's a federal offense to like light up a cigarette in a bathroom on a plane. Right. What's a federal offense? Or or to to do anything with a smoke detector on a plane is a federal offense. So I think that it's I would think that attacking law enforcement, uh, you know, and them having to drag you off of a plane would be a federal offense. I would think. You know, and like somebody yeah. said, they managed to find a wheelchair for her with, you know, people who are disabled often can't get a wheelchair at the airport. Well, and let's let's talk about the fact that she's trying to name drop on Spirit Airlines. If you're on Spirit <laughs> Airlines. <laughs> and name dropping Chris Christie, who's not the most popular politician, even in New Jersey, especially in New Jersey. Wow. No, I don't. How the hell did I miss this story? I didn't know the story. You got to check it out. It's hilarious. Check it out. Uh, Well, that's all we got time for today. So, (laughs) well, we'll leave it there. I've got to look up the Spirit Airlines store. I've never flown Spirit Airlines. Humble brag. Yeah, I've I've flown Spirit Airlines. It was cheap. Not proud. Isn't isn't that like the equivalent? What back in my day, it was People Air, People's Air, or People Airlines, Frontier Air, or any one of those. Any one. It's it's one of those. You know, they you pay extra for a seatbelt. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very, very budget short trip airline. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, they, they have like fifty nine dollar fares and things like that. So yeah. uh, last time I was on a, on a flight on a plane like that, it, and it wasn't Frontier Air, but it was like one like it. Like I think there was like Sun Air or yeah. something like that. I was flying like from Vegas to, to Phoenix for a gig. And I remember getting on the plane. And I had a window seat 
um, and it was next to the wing. And I'm looking out the window and there's a piece of duct tape on the wing. <laughs> I swear to God, there's a piece of duct tape on the wing. And I'm thinking, okay, now what is wrong with this plane that a piece of duct tape can fix it? And, and why is it out the way? And I never, obviously I never flew them again. And then they, they got bought by somebody else. But I mean, yeah, that that's a bad sign. My favorite cheap airline story is I fly a lot on Southwest, especially when my folks, when my dad was still alive, I was going down to Southern California a lot. And I got on a flight from San Francisco to Orange County. We'd like to welcome you in the flight attendant concern. We would like to welcome you on Southwest Airlines flight to Hawaii. Unfortunately, we're going to Orange County. <laughs> yeah, Southwest has a sense of humor. Um, yeah, they do. Honestly, Spirit Airlines makes Southwest look really nice by comparison. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Well, with that, I have got to run. So, uh, to, so, so tell me what you, what, what you got going up. Uh, you can see me uh, Friday night at the Prune Yard Cin Cinemas in uh, Campbell with Andrew Arolfo. Okay, that's in Northern California. If you were listening yep. in the Bay Area, Campbell is uh, in the, is in the Silicon Valley. It's in San Jose area. Yeah, San Jose area. And uh, and and your album is out. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was talking about Lawrence. I was talking about Lawrence. Lawrence album's album's out, yes. Album my album's too. old. Talk about Lawrence. I have a brand new album out called Don't Mind Me. I'll just sit here in the dark. It's updating the Jewish mother stereotype. It's available at laurenmayershop.com or laurenmayer.com. And I will have a new song coming out on Friday about Herschel Walker on my YouTube channel, Psycho Supermom. <laughs> oh, awesome. I do my weekly songs. Awesome. Um, I, just, I couldn't resist a joke I saw about werewolves. So. Well, well who can right now? Yeah, exactly. Lauren Mayer, Damon Ferguson, always a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. Me. And that's going to do it for me this week. Uh, if you like the podcast, I ask you to do me a favor. And actually, two favors. One is to tell anybody you know, any way you know, any way you can about this, uh, about what it is that we do here. The podcast drops on Thursdays. You can subscribe, uh, in which case it'll show up in your feed automatically. Uh, the way you can support us is by going to iTunes and giving us a five-star review because that helps people to find the show. Uh, and also, uh, if you want to email me, I, I read every single email that I get, and I do personally respond to any and every email that I get. So uh, the address is show at gmail.com. show at gmail.com. So I will check you out next week. Until then, be kind to your neighbor. He knows where you live.